Fifty years ago, in the summer of 1969, the Unix operating system was born. It's episode 371 of the Dan York Report, and Bell Labs, which is now owned by Nokia, just this past October 2019, celebrated 50 years since the creation of the Unix operating system. Now, that operating system has played a pivotal role in, in my life, but even today, it, it still does for anyone using a Mac, using mobile phones, using many Internet of Things, any smart home devices. Many of all of those devices are running some derivative or variation of Unix, what would become Linux later, all these different things that are part of it. It's pretty amazing to think that this is now 50 years old. Now, at that time, Bell Labs was a division of AT&T, the Bell companies, etc., and it was uh, it was charged with you know research. It was doing research in different things, and for several years, researchers there have been involved in a project to create a, a complex operating system called Multics, M-U-L-T-I-C-S. That had been work going on for quite some time, but they decided that they were going to end their phase out the involvement. And so some of the researchers were looking around at uh, what else to do or, or how to take what they learned out of Multics and do it in a smaller, simpler way. The primary names, Ken Thompson, Dennis Ritchie, are, are two of the main names associated with the birth of Unix. There were others around then too that were involved, but those two in particular were at the founding of this remarkable operating system. It had a, a kernel at its core, and then it had many smaller pieces and couple, you know, components that were on top of it, more loosely coupled in ways through different command line parameters, all sorts of things. That was Unix 50 years ago in that space. Now, it went on. AT&T would later license it to universities and others for them to use. But that was the birth of, of what we use today. Now, for me, my journey with it picked up in the late, uh, in the 1980s, in the mid-1980s. I started at the University of New Hampshire in 1985, UNH. And while there, I started to use UNH mainframes that were there. Uh, so I learned them, and they some of those were based on BSD. Well, what would, well, what would have been that kind of variant of, of Unix in those days? Learning about those through terminal rooms, learning ED and later VI and some of these different things, and learning how to use all sorts of command line tools. And then around, I think it was my second or third year there, which... Wikipedia tells me it probably must have been. We got some new AT&T PC6300 laptop, or not laptops, desktop computers in the computer lab at UNH. And we got this book from Andrew Tannenbaum about operating systems that included in its back a, 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 a disk with a copy of Minix, M-I-N-I-X, which was a slimmed down, a mini version of Unix that was there for us to learn. And so for many of us, this was our, our experience. We were learning Minix, you know, experimenting with this, learning all about this and all those kinds of things. Well, in the meantime, we also had the, the other mainframes and mini, some of which were running a, a Unix variation of some flavor and other operating systems too. I also worked in a, 
you know, was a co-op student in an ocean research lab that had access to Prime computers, and they primarily ran something called Prime OS, but some of us uh, also figured out how to use Primix, which was their variation of Unix that was part of that. So that was uh, where I first started working with that. And then after, after university, I went on and wound up getting into the corporate training space and spending a lot of time teaching people how to do FrameMaker publishing software running on SunOS at the time. These were Sun Microsystems computers with their variation of Unix that was there. And I taught a good number of internet-related courses, winding up throughout that space using on SunOS. We were teaching people how to do things with you know, Gopher and Archie, Veronica, FTP, email, you know, all Telnet, all these different things that were there. SunOS, of course, went on to become Solaris in a move of different kinds of ways that were happening there. In that whole time period, I worked with other variations too. AIX, HPUX, IRIX, which was the Silicon Graphics version, all of those and the whole world of POSIX compliance and different kinds of things. And then Unix, or a derivative, played another important role. I went on from that training company I was with where I'd been, I'd been teaching a lot of Solaris and SunOS and FrameMaker, Internet, all these different things, all on top of Unix in so many different ways. And then I, I joined another training company and wound up doing a lot in Microsoft land and the Microsoft Certified System Engineer and large-scale Microsoft Exchange and stuff. But in order to teach my students TCPIP networking and stuff in the Microsoft Windows classes, I had a little Linux server running in the back room, in the back of the room that I would use the Telnet to and, and show people how a, a, a Unix system worked. That, of course, uh, led me into doing some stuff with Linux and Linux training and Linux certification and helping create the Linux Profession, Professional Institute LPI certification program and launched me into the world of open source and, and so much that you know I could go on for hours around all of that journey. But it was that. It was that Linux. It was that piece of that, that Unix derivative in so many ways that wound up bringing me off into the space, which ultimately led to the career of where I'm at now with the Internet Society and so much more. Along the way, of course, there was Mac OS and Mac OS X in particular, which again was, uh, was a Unix. In there, I also had a Next Cube and worked with Next OS a little bit and pieces like that. But today, Mac OS X is Unix. If you pop open a command line in a shell, you are at the Linux command prompt and you can do all the grand and glorious things that you can do inside of Unix. It's, it's truly remarkable. And I, I, over the years, I have come to appreciate how much power there is in Unix, whether it's the security model, whether it's the, the different ways that you can use small programs, you can use different pieces to make it work. So, you know, here's to Ken Thompson, Dennis Ritchie, all the other researchers out of Bell Labs who, you know, gave us 50 years ago this thing called Unix, which allowed us over the years to then go and build amazing things. So much of the modern web is all built on top of Unix, Linux, various variations that come back to the same root happening in that summer of 1969. Just amazing, all of the stuff that's going on all around us. So 
Thank you to all of those who were involved, and it'll be fascinating to see what happens over the next 50 years. Love to hear your memories of Unix at 50. What, where did you start to intersect with Unix? What, uh, what did you do with it? How did you work with it? What did you find out? You can leave comments here at soundcloud.com slash danyork or on any social network where you've uh, where you found this episode. You can find more of my writing and audio at danyork.me and you can subscribe to this podcast on either SoundCloud or Spotify or many other places. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.